Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A pretty day. It's been a little cool and breezy today, but... I believe it's going to start warming up a little each day as we uh, head toward the weekend. So I hope everybody making it all right. I mean, I'm a little surprised at at the uh, the traffic that there is. I guess I guess a lot of the uh, I guess a lot of students haven't finished finals, or they're just not in any hurry maybe to get home, uh, finish finals, uh, and and you're done. Why not hang out for another day or two? But uh, yeah, still pretty good traffic uh, around. I'm sure. Sure, some folks are doing some early Christmas shopping. You know, the last couple of years, I've I've sort of gotten out front of it a little bit more. Not so much this year, but uh, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, welcome in everybody to the Wednesday Drive. It is Bill and Drew, at least right now, here in the studio. Um. Dan has been on a road trip. I thought they were playing last night. They actually played today. The uh, the Troy uh, Troy women fell to Georgia, eighty six to seventy today in a game that started at eleven o'clock Eastern time. So that puts it at ten o'clock start. Means it would have been you know sometime shortly after noon when it finished. It's about uh, three and a half hours from Athens, and you know they had to. Um, you know, dress, get, you know, get everything on the, on the bus and start heading this way. So Dan should be in the area anytime. And then if he can hitch a ride, because he was going to get, he was going to get the, uh, the Troy bus to just like drop him off uh, just, just off of one of the exits. I don't mean like out on the interstate. That'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? That'd be funny. Here's big Dan out on the interstate trying to uh, catch a ride. No, I believe he was going to get off and and uh, you know at one of the places, uh, one of the exits, probably fifty seven, um, and and be right there so that he could catch a ride in. So hopefully, we will see Dan before we are done here today. Jason Caldwell is usually with us here in the studio, but today is day one of the Super Seven in Tuscaloosa, and uh, Jason is up there. He will be checking in. He said he would call in. He'll give us a preview on tonight's Central Thompson 7A state title. That is the first football championship game that will be played in Tuscaloosa. Girls flag football, though, is going on today, and I and I didn't realize it. I saw it on the, uh, on the news last night. The Central girls are playing for the big school flag football title. So Central trying to come away with two championships in one day at Bryant-Denny Stadium. But we'll we'll uh, we'll be checking in with Jason and uh we'll we'll talk with him about recruiting obviously because and and the transfer portal. The boy the portal continues. 
earlier today, I guess it was it was uh, maybe it was right at two, I guess, that Totter Fromm became the seventh Auburn player to enter the transfer portal. And since Tyler Fromm entered the portal, and just uh, let me, uh, speaking of Jason and 24-7, let's let's give the 24-7 transfer portal, um, they have have, uh, links to all the players that are joining the portal, and they have other things you can obviously check as well. But, I mean, that's one of the the benefits there on 24-7. You can just go – um, and, and if you want to just Google 2024 transfer portal, you go to it pull up 24 sevens and <laughs> Tyler from entered the portal for Auburn. Uh, you know, one of, he, he could have been one of four senior tight ends. He was one of four senior tight ends this year, but all those guys have an extra year of eligibility. And, um, you know, we've talked with Jason and he, he said he wouldn't be surprised if they all came back Well, Tyler entering the portal. Uh, but but from the time that Tyler entered the portal, there have been two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen players have entered the portal since Tyler Fromm did two hours ago. That's and and I'm not sure that that's every single one, but as they're updating it, that's how it's going. We'll we'll talk with Jason about the transfer portal. Auburn uh, does, I believe, have a uh, an offensive line transfer on campus right now as uh, a big offensive lineman visiting in from uh, I believe it's Indiana um and uh yeah Matthew Bedford from Indiana is visiting and and yeah he's 66307 has started at both tackle and guard at Indiana 39 starts in his career he missed I believe he missed the 2022 season with a knee injury, came back and started all but one game, um, started 11 of 12 games this year at guard. So he was a tackle in 2021, uh, and he had been, he was Indiana's newcomer of the year as a true freshman. He's a guy with one year of eligibility. So he would be, uh, you know, he would be a guy that you bring in at Auburn, you know, is in pretty good shape on the offensive line, but they wouldn't mind adding another experienced player to go out there uh, and and allow them to do what they did this year, which was, you know, they used seven, eight guys on the offensive line this year and were able to keep just about everybody fresh. So we'll see uh, how things go. But Bedford just entering the portal in in the last uh, 36 hours, I believe, and he's already visiting at Auburn. And you like to get that first visit. Because many players, uh, they, they 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 go they go visit a place that they think they might fit in, and if things go well, they commit. Um, so we will see. But that is that may be the first visitor from the portal. Auburn's offered quite a few guys. You know, we'd mentioned a couple of offensive linemen that Auburn had offered, a couple of receivers that Auburn had offered, um, and a couple of defensive backs that Auburn had offered. There's some updates on some of these guys. We'll get into that as we move on through the show this afternoon. Uh, So we'll talk that. We'll talk a little recruiting. We can, uh, you know, get ready for Auburn basketball this weekend. We'll have another Tiger take tomorrow with Dylan Cardwell as Auburn getting ready to play in the uh, hoops giving over in Atlanta. And uh, 
uh, on on Saturday. So we can we can talk that if you like as well. And also love to get your thoughts on the subject that we spent a lot of time talking about yesterday, and that the uh, the proposal now Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, was scheduled to speak today. I have not seen anything about that speaking to athletics administrators meeting out in Las Vegas and to it was supposedly going to bring up that proposal we were talking about yesterday, which would put NIL under the uh, the the NIL distribution would be taken over by the schools, but it was being called an enhanced education trust fund that it would be coming from. And I think that's probably to try to keep players from being called employees. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there were some really interesting things in that, that one, one would be that they would have to carry at a minimum uh, what would average $15,000 a year for every scholarship athlete on campus. The way it was written, it said $30,000 per year for half of the scholarship athletes. Why didn't they just say 15000 for every scholarship athlete? So the minimum that you could keep, if you have three or 400 athletes on campus, would be somewhere in the five to $6 million range. And that's, that's not that unbelievable considering – what we've seen collectives from different schools, you know, uh, le- letting their fan bases know that that's the numbers that they need to have in reserve. And it's, it's usually been in that, that same range. So that's one part of it. But the other part that, that I think is really, um, really wild. And again, it looks to me when, when I look at the proposal, it looks like some, uh, first draft legislation when you throw everything that everybody might want into a bill and you you don't expect that to be passed, but the, you hope that what you really want stays in there. You know, you sometimes you get these writers on bills and it almost seems like that's what some of the other things were when you had uh, the talk of creating basically a super conference, a new subdivision within Division One that would have its would have its own say-so over recruiting, which would mean number of visits, when players can visit, when they sign, coaching staffs. And it was stated in the, uh, in the interview with Charlie Baker that they're, you know, would leave it up to institutions. There wouldn't be any limits as to the roster size for football or the coaching uh, or number of, of on-field coaches in football. Now, other sports would stay under the same rules and guidelines they have. Obviously, NIL would be distributed to more than football because if NIL is handled by the schools, then it has to be it has to go according to Title IX and there has to be equal money dispersed to female athletes as there is to the male athletes. So I mean it's uh the NIL and everything would would uh, would would still go to all other sports, but the NCAA looking to uh, continue running the championships and all the other sports, and of course the main one there is March Madness, which is the the big money producer for the NCAA. But uh, it would leave the superpowers, if you will, that subdivision of schools that opt in 
and um, would would keep that uh, guaranteed minimum in their trust fund would be then under the auspices of the CFP, the college football playoff, uh, which is expanding to 12 next year. So, yeah, love your thoughts on that. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, we'll, we'll take a look at some of the uh, things that have um, some of the news from the transfer portal. There's, there's been a decision or two. There have uh, there, there've been a couple of players that looked like they were headed one place that may be headed somewhere else. And uh, also maybe um, mention some of the new names that Auburn could be linked with. We mentioned Matthew Bedford. He's on campus, so you know he's uh, linked with Auburn there. There's interest on both sides. We'll talk about those things and more. Love to hear from you. And you can join us on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the Drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. So we'd love for you to join in. Again, Jason Caldwell will be checking in from Tuscaloosa. And uh, we, we should hear from Dan, hopefully see him before the show is over. It's just Bill and Drew, though, right now. So love for you to come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, let's see. One other note. Mentioned Tyler Fromm uh, entering the transfer portal. Not a big shock, but Jalen Simpson has accepted his senior bowl invite, so that means uh, he will be moving on. I, As a matter of fact, I did not have him on my, on my roster of players that I expected back. Um, I still don't have Marcus Harris on there. Love to have him back. He hasn't said anything. Uh, Marcus would be a huge uh, returnee if he does come back. But all right. So assuming, let's let's assume that Marcus Harris does not come back. Eugene Asante does not come back because there's been a you know a good bit of buzz that both those guys are are strongly considering turning pro. Uh, I have, as of now, Auburn with 59 returning scholarship players. That would mean if there is no more attrition, and you know there will be, there will be more players that either um, you know, opt to enter the portal or, or look to uh, you know, maybe go ahead and go to the pros because I've got Keontae Scott still on here, and he has a senior bowl invitation. Uh, if you know, He's expected to make an announcement. Uh, and and that's going to be that's going to be very important for Auburn as well. But I've got Keontae included in the fifty nine, so that means Auburn has room right now for twenty six. If there are no other players that uh, that were to leave, and again th- there will be. Let's see a couple of notes from the portal. Um, one of the uh, one of the defensive backs that Auburn had been. Uh, reportedly interested in Will Lee, 
the uh, defensive back from Kansas State. Uh, he tweeted out today that uh, his top three schools are Texas A&M, Washington, and Louisville. So uh, it looks like Auburn is not really in the picture there. Uh, Auburn still, uh, uh, let's see, Ethan Robinson is a defensive back that Auburn has been interested in, and Auburn trying to get a uh, visit scheduled from him. Auburn does have a visit scheduled from the uh, Georgia State wide receiver Robert Lewis that we were talking about. He's going to be at Auburn this weekend and Cincinnati next weekend. He had nearly 900 yards receiving this past year. I think Auburn would like to get at least one experienced receiver to go along with the outstanding class. You know, you got to continue recruiting hard as we're two weeks away. Two weeks from today is what is still being called the early signing period. It is the primary signing period. And Auburn has quite the haul with Cam Coleman, who will be playing there for the state title in Tuscaloosa tonight. We'll hear from Jason Caldwell at some point here this afternoon. Get his uh, thoughts on that matchup of Central and Thompson. But Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, a pair of five stars. Uh, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons. And, you know, they're hoping they're not done. Uh, although, boy, it, it sure seems over the last 24 to 36 hours that the um, that, that Alabama, uh, folks at Alabama, seem to feel a whole lot better just over the last day and a half or so about not worrying about Ryan Williams, the uh, the outstanding Sarah Land receiver, who um, the next thing, I mean, that, that people are waiting to hear from Ryan Williams is, is he reclassifying? And if so, he would sign. He would sign in February. He's not one that would be signing now. But Auburn has really, really worked hard to try to, you know, get him to consider Auburn. I mean, Auburn wasn't even in the picture before Hugh Freeze and his staff got here. But anyway, Auburn getting a uh, scheduled visit from Robert Lewis, the Georgia State wide receiver, working on um, getting uh, getting a visit from Will Shepard, the outstanding receiver from Vanderbilt. Although, again, I, I think it's going to be very tough to beat LSU on Will Shepard. Shepard is a native of Mandeville, Louisiana, and uh, you know LSU's got that uh, got that fellow that puts players up on the billboards and doesn't seem to uh, be concerned about what anybody else uh, might be able to offer. But but Auburn really working to see if they can get Will Shepard to visit as well. So those are a couple of receivers that they're looking at. Uh, Chris Paul, the linebacker from Arkansas. Um, Auburn would love to get him in as well for an official visit. And, uh, you know, he's he's from Georgia, and, uh, you, you, you know, you would think with Auburn losing Larry Nixon and possibly Eugene Asante, that that would be an attractive spot. But right now, at least early on, it appears that Ole Miss is the team to beat or looks like the team to beat for Chris Paul the Arkansas transfer, who is a uh, very talented linebacker. I mean, he's 6'2", 235, and has very good speed. I was reading somewhere that, that I didn't realize that, remember this, but apparently he was the spy um, last year for uh, Robbie Ashford. 
when Arkansas played Auburn. So that tells you that what they think of uh, what they thought of his athleticism. So just a couple of little tidbits from there in the in the portal as it continues to add players. Uh, let's see. Speaking of recruiting, uh, today Hugh Freeze was. Uh, over in, in Georgia visiting K.J. Bolden, the Florida State safety uh, the, uh, commit. And uh, that's one. I mean, he's been committed to Florida State for a while. But, um, but, but Auburn, you know, trying to, uh, trying to see if they can add another five-star flip to go along with the two that they already have. And I mentioned Jalen Simpson accepting the Senior Bowl invite. So there's an opening in the uh, back end of the Auburn secondary Right there. 334-321-1390. That's the drive hotline presented by Skybar. And let's get to it. And Dak is up first. Hey, Dak. Hey, Bill. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, with the guys that you just announced that uh, could go pro, I mean, would they not make more money? Because, I mean, they're not going to be first-rounders. Would they not have a chance to make more money in NIL? Than going pro next year? Yeah, a few of them could. I would think you're talking like Eugene and Marcus. Yeah, um, yeah. I would. I would think. And again, I have no idea. Really, we hear things about what people are getting, but it um, it it would seem like that it wouldn't be you know unbelievable that that could be the case. Right. I mean, I just think it makes more sense for them to improve their stock. Even Simpson. I mean, I I don't see him going in the first round. Um, but if they stay, they got a chance to go in the first round the following year. Um, yeah, now that Jalen does. Now, I, I know one thing I'd read about Eugene is uh, I believe he turns 23 next month. So he may be thinking, you know, I, I don't have forever, and I don't know how much – I mean, he had an outstanding season. I don't know how much higher Eugene's stock is going to get. I'm not saying, man, I'd love to have him back. But if that's what he right. decides, it'd be tough to argue with that. Well, you got you got ten quarterbacks that's going to get drafted. They all ain't not going to get drafted in the first round. No. And then and then you're talking about six running backs that's going to go before him. I mean, I just think they they have a better chance coming back one year. I, obviously, I'm I'm not just looking through this as Auburn sunglasses. You know, I. I just feel like sometimes these guys jump ship a year too early and they end up failing in the NFL. And and I get it. I, I, I get why they do it. But with today's NIL money, I just think the pauses of staying in school another year outweigh the chance of even getting drafted at all, you know, for some of these guys. Well, that's why you see some guys that, that you're wondering, how are they still in school that are – able to get that extra year. You know, you're seeing a lot of six-year players, and right. they love playing the game, and they know deep down they're not going to be playing on Sundays. So, right. I mean, you're you're never going to – you know, for, for those of us, man, once you're well out of college, you go, man, that went by really quickly, you know, and, and you can't – it's hard – you can't do it again. So, yeah, for a lot That's of right. them, if you can continue doing it, why not? That's right. Hey, what uh... – Besides the Alabama Public Television, how else can you watch the championship game tonight? You I, know, I think you can watch it on the uh, the what's what's the high school um, in it the yeah in you know whatever. So I'll look it up here and find the exact find the exact. So 
site. So TV is TV wise. Only TV is just APT. That's it. Okay. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate the call, Dak. 334-321-1390. Um, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Looks like Dan has made it in. That was amazing timing. Good of them to play the game early and drop him off so he could come in and, and, uh, and join us for the rest of the show. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Again, 334-321-1390 here on The Drive. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Drew and, and Dan's back. I, I was did you, I don't know if you heard me. I was, I was letting folks know that they may be uh, dropping you off uh, there along the interstate. I did. I do hope that uh, the bus pulled off the interstate. Drew, you got to pump me up. Oh yeah. Thanks, thanks, bud. Yeah. When you're not when you're not here for a, not here for a couple of days, he 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 forgets that he's supposed to turn it up. He pushed the button. He pushed the button, but he just didn't turn it up. I was wondering why you were being so hesitant to say anything, Dan. Well, our, our listeners don't. What our listeners didn't see was me using hand gestures. Yeah, I saw you doing it. I mean, I was like, "What? What are you waving at him for? Um, Talk!" Well, oh, the mic wasn't on. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm back, and it's uh, yeah, great to be uh, you know uh, thankful that the Trojans were uh, were nice enough to uh, to drop me off pretty close to home here. They picked me yeah, up, and that's good. Me off from Auburn, and uh, and yeah, looking uh, looking forward to an action packed week here. Portals open, news oh, flying. The portal, the portal is is open. I mean, you, now you didn't have Jalen Simpson on your depth chart, right? No, I did not. Okay, because he has accepted a senior. I, I expected, right? I expected him to turn pro. Just, yes. just had, just had that news in the last right. half hour, so that he's accepted mm-hmm. a senior bowl invitation. So you can count, you can take him off yeah. of your list. And Keontae Scott's going to make an announcement shortly. And I think it would be very surprising if that announcement was, "I'm playing another year of Auburn uh, football." I don't know. I don't know. I but mean, I, th- I think that one sort of feels fifty-fifty. It didn't. Now he has not accepted a senior. He has bowl not invite, accepted, right? but he could. I and mean, he, he's got the senior bowl invite. Did, did they make it public that he's been invited? Like they made. A, yes. Okay. So, so we'll we'll see what Keontae decides. And uh, and I was listening to the previous caller. I know we got some folks hanging on. I don't know the economics of being on an NFL roster versus being a priority. For NIL, like if you're somebody your school really wants to retain mm-hmm. and you're not a surefire draft pick, I also understand some of these guys are ready to move on and begin a professional career. And even if you're spending a year, I think for some veteran players, Bill, there's the thought that spending a year on an NFL practice squad or or you know in the, in the periphery of an NFL team, maybe if, if you've already played a couple of years of college football, that could be better for your development and get you closer to being on the field than another year of college football. So, you know, I, I think that's something else to consider is that some guys are ready to really start that professional career, even if they're not going to start it as first-round picks. Bill and Dan here, and let's get to the uh, drive hotline. And Ed is up first. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, how are y'all doing today? Pretty good. Uh, uh, I, I just wanted to uh, mention one thing. Uh, I listened to, you know, in addition to y'all, I, I listened a lot of national, you know, stuff like probably a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it amazes me when people are so, I mean, I'm talking about the media, are so uh, upset when the when a quarterback doesn't work out. But then the very next year, I mean, like this year, there's three guys you know, going to be at the house. Uh, you know, Penix and uh, 
Bo Nix and uh, Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. probably the best of them. And and then outside of the two that you know you've got Caleb Williams and, and Drake May. You know how many of those each of y'all? How many of those do y'all think are, are going to really work out in the NFL? Yes, sir. Oh, that's 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 a good question because it's so many times they're guys that just look like surefire um, yeah, big time a, NFL a, NFL players first round draft picks don't and, don't make it. Um, that, that's a good and, question. And, I I just think Jaden Daniels, if he can yeah. stay healthy, I think I think he he could be a a, a fine NFL quarterback. The yeah, I mean, the, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. I, I do. Oh, oh, I, hey, I just. Uh, a person I'm doing some business with just drove up, but but I, I just I, 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 it, it amazes me that everybody seems amazed when a couple of the guys don't work out. But I'm, but it's not just I mean you look at Deshaun Watson and and what that cost you know the Browns two hundred and what thirty two hundred sixty million dollars for nothing. Well, well, and that's and that's yeah. Appreciate it. Go ahead and take care of your business yeah, there. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's it is uh, obviously never a never a sure thing from high school to college, and then you would think, well, the the professionals should be the best judges of talent anywhere. And man, they 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 miss a good bit. Yeah, and there have been some high profile first round picks that have panned out at quarterback over the sure. last couple of years, but there have also been some that that didn't. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I think now more than ever. Teams want a guy who can help, who can play early because the Deshaun Watson contract's a good example. If you're paying your quarterback superstar quarterback money, once you give that quarterback that second contract, it makes it a lot tougher to surround him with the kind of players that that uh, that, that some quarterbacks have. You look at I don't know. You look at Tua. I guess would be an example of because he's on that rookie deal, the Dolphins are able to put outstanding skill position players, veteran skill position players around him uh, and you know someone who's ma- making a little bit more money I don't know the supporting cast of a Deshaun Watson or a, a Patrick Mahomes you know not not quite what it could be Aaron Rodgers you know the guys that are making a ton of money uh, you know you know, can't have that kind of players around them and so yeah, it's really important that not only do you hit but you also want that guy to be on the field mm-hmm. earlier than ever before uh, contributing to the uh, uh, to the team appreciate the call Ed uh, let's uh, let's get back to the phones and Connie is next hey Connie hi uh, we're Eagles uh, I don't. I listen to y'all on the radio uh, on the radio in my car a lot, so I uh-huh. don't ever get to call. And I don't know if it's been discussed or not, but um, everybody's real excited about playing Maryland. And the last time we played them, we beat them, and so that's a good. Yeah, thing. and that's in that crazy stretch in '83, absolutely with Boomer Esiason. Okay. Uh, well, that's what I didn't know. If that's what I've not heard anybody talking about. All I hear is that well, they beat us back in the fifties, but we beat them the last time we played them. And I was at that game. And you, you, know you, you remember who the star of the game for Auburn that day was, don't you? Uh, well, it was all the running backs. Yeah, Tommy Ag though was the Tommy, guy that just yes, had, had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you schedule homecoming way, way ahead of time, mm-hmm. you know, like two or three years, you know who your homecoming team's going to be? Yeah, because Maryland yeah, had been homecoming, terrible before. Homecoming team's usually, yeah. usually a pretty easy win. You know, that's the way you schedule it. And at the time we scheduled them, Maryland was going to be Awful. a pretty easy win. <laughs> that's right. And they were number seven in the country Yep. that year. Yeah, that and was... We, put, we walk in here and we're having to face Boomer Esiason. It was just unreal. <laughs> 
Yeah, in the middle in the middle of playing top ten teams from the SEC in Texas that year, exactly. just an un- exactly. unbelievable that was, schedule. Uh, that was the year that uh, that we played in Texas. That was that was our one loss, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And that you yeah. know the um, the game story for the Maryland Auburn nineteen eighty three game was uh, the Washington Post game story written by a young sports writer named Michael Wilbon, who is now... Oh, I didn't realize uh, Will, that. Will, so Will bon- he was in the press box with Will, me, Will huh? Wilbon was there in the press box. I believe that's also the weekend he met Charles Barkley, huh. uh, who, who, okay. was, uh, who, who would have that been on campus sense. at that time. They have been lifelong friends ever since. Wilbon actually co-wrote one of uh, one of Barkley's books. Right. And, uh, oh, and, yeah, and, and so, yeah, if you if you want to check yeah. out that, uh, check out the, the game story where he talks about not just Boomer Sison, but also what three Auburn running backs all, all with yeah, over all with 100 yards, all with over 100 yards. I don't believe Maryland. Yeah, I think Tommy had 200. I don't believe yeah. Maryland had ever surrendered or it had been a very long time since Maryland had surrendered uh, 100 right. yards to three different. Right. Players. I've, I've been trying to look. I was trying to look, you know, look back and look it up. And of course, you know, then then that brings to mind for me um, the years that we always beat Southern Miss. Until they got Brett Favre, right? <laughs> so uh, sometimes those sometimes those uh, those big games come back to bite you. But uh, uh, I we're, we we've gotten too old for away games, so we're not going to be going to Nashville. But uh, oh, it's not that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's not that far. But and it's a Saturday afternoon a, game. That's what I like is the fact that it's a Saturday afternoon. So yeah, but we found out when we went to Penn State that um, it's real hard. The older you get. To not everybody gets not everybody the gets town. the Bill, Bill Cameron parking spots. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, the parking spot I got at Penn State was like miles away from from exactly. the stadium. Exactly, and, and, and when you can't walk that far anymore, you know, it kind of creates little problems. So gotcha. We'll watch it on the new big screen TV. Well, that sounds and we'll good. We'll be very happy. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to make sure that we had that everybody was aware that. Uh, oh, that the, the history last time there. We played Maryland. Mm-hmm. They had a. They had a pretty good quarterback. Oh, yeah. Great stuff, Connie. Good hearing from you. Okay, very good. And uh, on to basketball. Absolutely. Great, yeah, great stuff, Connie. The, uh, Big, man, Auburn, Auburn's, got a, Auburn's got the challenge ahead of them for the, uh, for the next, next three games starting Saturday. Browsing Will Bond's game story here, the, uh, the 355 yards, is that the, is that the number I've got from Esiason? Uh, that yeah. is – the, that was a school record for Maryland. That was the most yards a Maryland quarterback had ever thrown for in a game. Well, I mean, Auburn got ahead, and that's all they could do. Yep. I mean, uh, and they chased Bo- – Boomer was uh, pretty athletic, too. I mean, he, he was a guy that could move pretty well. Uh, but, but Auburn chased him all over the field. That was uh, – yeah, that was look, – look at the stretch of, of games. Look at that schedule down the stretch that year. It was unbelievable that you throw – that's your homecoming game that you throw in there before you go – uh, Florida, Georgia, there, Alabama to, there, wrap, to there's wrap it a, up. There's a line. I don't know if it's in the Wilbon game story, but but Pat Dye said something about Esiason being as as accurate as any quarterback he'd seen, you know, mm-hmm. coaching college football. Yeah, he he did, man. He threw darts. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey guys. Um, one thing I remember about that eighty three game with uh, Boomer Esiason is uh, Donnie Humphreys. Seemed like he had an outstanding game, sacking him or something. Had a uh, uh, had a uh, fumbled reco- recovered a fumble for a touchdown in, uh, in in that game. That's one thing that stood out. Number seventy nine, um, if I remember correctly. It's a it's uh, so Auburn wins by Auburn wins by twelve, but there's a late Auburn score to to sort of you know make make it seem like it was a 
a more comfortable Auburn victory than it was. Yeah, I mean, I Auburn, think that's the, Auburn sort of, I mean, they, they felt like they were in control, but, I mean, Boomer kept them hanging in there. And that's the, yeah, Humphrey has the touchdown late to, uh, to, to extend Auburn's lead to 12. Oh, one other thing I wanted to know, um, can the television revenue that we get from the conference, can we apply that to the NIL? Well, not sub, not now. Well, well, if if schools, if the if the you know if if the resolution from the NCAA, you know, if, the, if this new idea, I mean, I, I wonder if maybe if schools are allowed to, uh, if schools are in charge of what what players make, or if schools opt into a, it, it would almost be like a, a separate division, right? Oh, absolutely. That's what that's what uh, yeah. NCAA president Charlie Charlie Baker said was it would be a separate subdivision yeah. of. Division and one. You, and you know what division that would be? That'll be the college football playoff division. Yes, because it will. I don't think anybody who yeah. opts out of it will be making the college football playoff or doing anything. And no, and I, no, I would, you won't be eligible. And, I mean, yeah. because their their playoff is going to be run by the college football playoff. Right. Committee. And so, so I've been I've been belly aching about a group of five playoff, a separate playoff for schools that maybe well, aren't it, ready. We could would, be. It would be a different way of doing that because it'd create your super playoff and then leave the playoff for the rest. Right. You could have your your non NIL division playoff yeah. and your NIL division, and that playoff. could create a, that create a little more money as and, well. And I would th- I would think that if the Big Ten schools and the SEC schools were in the super NIL NIL, you know, the, the NIL division. Um, Let's see. Here's the, here's the thing that I heard yesterday. This doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who's in every conference is in, well, in football, because football would be completely different. The NCAA would keep the other teams. You'd compete as a conference necessarily in the other. This could change. You could be in the Southeastern Conference in every sport except football, and in football you might be in the something division or conference i mean and we that's what's crazy we've wondered before i mean the next the next domino to fall once once conferences start poaching the most attractive members from other smaller conferences one once the big 10 goes and gets the the most attractive football properties from the pac-12 once the sec uh, lands a couple of the biggest fish in the big 12 the next step is you look at the smallest schools in your own league. And you're not having to call them because what they said is they have to opt in yes. with that guaranteed trust fund. And if a school doesn't have that, then you're not cutting them. They're they're just not opting in. It is fair to wonder what you do with a school in the SEC that doesn't want to be in that division, though. I mean, are they well, still going to be on the schedule of other SEC teams? And probably if, not. Then, then Because should, I think then you're – because. Because what would what would happen is the schools they do their own the, this new subdivision does its own scheduling. You could add some of those teams if they wanted. But the but the main the main driver of the SEC's television revenue is providing a football product. And if you're not providing a football product, oh, I think they provide a football product. It might be of what's left of the SEC if anyone doesn't opt in. I mean, if 12 SEC schools opt in, I would yeah, worry I, I would worry about the next the other four and their future oh, in the conference. Oh, you, you think yeah, I would worry about those other four and their uh, future in the conference well, and whether or not well, they're they they'd the, probably be happy to keep them for baseball and 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 basketball and, them, and, and, and other sports. And pay them an equal no, share. No, they wouldn't the, get a share of any of the football money. That's that's and and if you're not getting a share of the football money, then, are you even in or, Well then then again, it's on you as the team. It's not the poor it's not the bad old conference. No, it's, it's you not, you know, living up and kicking in the I, way I, the other teams I think, are. I think if you know what, if you want your T V money, you better kick some of it. That's to, right. You better kick some of it over. If you want to stay viable, you want to stay in the conference. Appreciate it, Jerry. Yeah. A lot of questions. Oh, yeah. 
We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Again, Jason Caldwell going to check in from Tuscaloosa, where the Super 7 gets underway tonight with Central and Thompson. And we'll get his uh, thoughts on that when he uh, when he calls in. Love for you to check in with us as well here on the Wednesday Drive. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olene Price. When we have the opportunity to drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Wednesday. Just heard from Jason Caldwell. We will check in with him at the top of hour number two. So we'll have Jason on with us in about 10 minutes as we uh, wind things down here in hour number one. Um, we'll get Jason's thoughts on, you know, we get the college football playoff. Seems like it seems like a week or so ago already, doesn't it? Since, Since Sunday? But, yeah, Ooh, it does yeah, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's been so much, I mean, with the portal and – uh, you know, we're, we're closing in on signing day. It's just two weeks from today. Um, and basketball, I mean, there's just – there's been an awful lot. Well, it's reminiscent of, like, the the Sunday that the NCAA tournament is is unveiled in that, like, the things that happened on Saturday and Friday leading oh, yeah. up to that just feel like ancient history uh, because there's been so much news and so much activity uh, since the uh, uh, since, since the games ended. How How – Interesting, or is there anything to the um, to the Orange Bowl press conference being canceled today? Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yes, I mean, and there is obviously there's speculation: is Florida State going to boycott the Orange Bowl? Well, I, I understand I mean, the frustration that's there for Knowles fans, but boycotting the bowl game doesn't that 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 won't. I don't know that that's going to get you any more sympathy you're no, going to help you to me the time to make that decision was sunday if florida yes. state decided we're, we've been left out of the playoff we don't want to participate in the postseason because we've been excluded from the playoff we will finish the season 13 and 0 acc champion on sunday i think especially considering how disappointing the news might have been to some of the players and coaches like mm-hmm. if the team had decided they didn't want to participate in the postseason on sunday maybe there would be teeth gnashing and some people saying they don't respect it but on Sunday, I think it would have been because then the ACC could say, "All right, we'll send this team instead. Send Louisville to the right. Orange Bowl. Send because because Norvell was there with Kirby Smart Sunday. Yeah, I, I so I, so I wonder if um, or at least they I mean they held a joint press conference. So, so I think I think at this point I'd be surprised if Florida State backed out or staged some sort of protest. Uh, but you're right, the fact that the press conference is canceled, uh, you know, raises those kind of questions. I wonder. I mean, just just things running through my head. I wonder if neither coach wanted to address how many players might not be available for the bowl game because both sides, you know, there's been a lot of buzz from both Georgia and Florida State as to why should we play in this ball game? It doesn't mean anything. Right, which is increasingly... When they were expecting to be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, increasently, that it seems like that's that's the attitude some have towards a non-playoff bowl game in but general. But especially these Those two, two teams. teams. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't... I mean, a player who... I mean, if, you're, if you know you're going into the draft, I understand skipping the bowl game anyways, like pretty much in any situation except the playoff, mm-hmm. because 
you've you fulfilled your obligation and you can uh, you know if, if you want to and, and if you know you're not coming back it gives the team the chance to to give someone those reps who is going right. to be on next year's team um, so, but but no I, I think uh, uh, b- backing out after the game has already been set is sort of a different thing uh, entirely so so we'll see what happens there so some yeah that there has been a lot that has happened since Sunday we'll check in with Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover when we get started in hour number two, and then we'd love to hear from you just halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio. We've got Drew at the controls and uh, looking forward to hearing from you as well. We will uh, get to the phones here momentarily, though, and uh, welcome in Jason Caldwell. We'll do that after we uh, take care of some business. Hour number two of The Drive, brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And and even though all right, um, we will be we're, – we're uh, checking in, getting ready to talk with Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover. Go ahead and give you the phone number that you can call in a little while. We'll have Jason on for the uh, first segment here in this hour. Uh, but but then we, we want to hear from you, and you can join us on the Drive Hotline, brought to you by Skybar, and that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern industrial contractors they also sponsor the podcast available however you listen to podcasts no eugene asante today we've been doing tiger takes right all season i think his uh, uh his run has uh has come. Yeah, his his duties have come to an end i guess i don't expect to see him in the bowl game right no so. and we'll, we'll ask jason what what he thinks uh about the possibility of eugene returning he's another one of those players that you know could stay could go uh, today we we see um, Jalen Simpson accepting an invite to the Senior Bowl. So uh, as expected, he will be going pro. I've seen we've seen Totter Fromm go into the transfer portal, and uh, and that I think brings to seven the number of players from Auburn that have entered the portal. With that, let's welcome in Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the twenty four seven two four seven network. Jason, how are things in Tuscaloosa? It's good, uh, guys. I'm just walking out, uh, set myself upstairs in the press box, now walking out onto, they have a, people haven't been in Tuscaloosa before, they have a, a walkway and a, and a ramp that goes the entire length of the, the, the stadium on, on the outside. On the side, yeah. On the west side, yes. And so I'm kind of outside enjoying the elements. Uh, just finished up the flag football game. And so, uh, getting ready to, to get this 7A game, getting the teams on the field, probably, I would guess, here probably the next 30 minutes or so to start warming up. Yeah, 7 o'clock kick for Central and Thompson. I knew the Central girls were playing for the uh, for the flag title. How did that go? Yeah, I think it went 26 to nothing or something. They dominated. Wow. Yeah, so it was uh, it was on. We got here. They were finishing up. Yeah, they 
they dominated from I think from start to finish and won that one. And so Central folks already had a little bit of a celebration going and got some fans here in the stands already that are waiting. And um, I would expect to be a, a pretty uh, interesting crowd, even on a Wednesday night. I, I think we'll have a good crowd here tonight. And Jason, I'm I'm thinking they're gonna have, they're gonna get the doubleheader sweep. Yeah, I think Central would be the team that I think is going to win this game after watching both these teams play this year. I think Central is a team that's really good on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, never count Thompson out. Mark Freeman's a heck of a football player. Oh, you're right. Really good. And they they got they got a bunch of young players now. They've got you know Caleb Harris is committed to Auburn. Uh, you know safety that's a senior, but most of their best players are junior and and, and Anquan Fagan, sophomore and Cole Melandrew that Auburn's offered as a basketball player, big wide receiver. Obviously, freshman quarterback, and so Trent um, Seaborn, yeah, really, really young team for Thompson. This is the central team that that has guys everywhere, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I would expect Dalen Upshaw to have a really big game because my guess is, is they're going to try to do everything they can to take uh, Cam Coleman out of the game. And you know, Jason, I was just saying a little while ago, it seems like a long time since the uh, since the college football playoffs were set on Sunday. It seems like forever, but I don't think we uh, – yeah, we haven't talked to you since Auburn flipped Cam Coleman. No, we have not. That was Friday. <laughs> so that, we were on our way Friday then. Um, actually, we were on our way to Birmingham to watch Parker and Clay Chalkwell, and uh, that happened while we were on the road. We had everything ready to go. Wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but we were able to, to kind of get that story done and, and get it rolling. So, obviously, big news for Auburn and, uh, you know, getting, getting that weekend started and, you know, just it's massive – for lots of reasons. Obviously, it's massive for getting a really good football player and a five-star mm-hmm. guy. But you're also a guy that, you know, as we've been talking about for years, I, I started thinking back and going, okay, Central Phoenix City, John Broussard, Jonathan Wallace. Uh, you, I mean, you might have to go all the way back to Ed King. Yeah, I think that. I think you got to go back to uh, to Bo Peep and Ed King. That's it. And, and, and so this is a place that has a lot of really good players and you haven't gotten a foot in the door in a long time. And so I think it's going to be fun to uh, – to see, you know, kind of how how that talent progresses. Obviously, when you start talking about him and Perry Thompson and all the guys involved, this is going to be a uh, a fun a fun thing to watch for them moving forward. Oh, there's no question about it. Well, you've talked about him a little bit before, I think, but uh, some some folks maybe weren't paying as close attention when he was committed to Texas A and M. But just to let let everybody know what you've seen from you've seen a lot of Cam Coleman. Yeah, I, you know, when I, I, I wrote an analysis piece and I said, look, he, he reminds me of A.J. Green. And I said, that's, that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. But it's probably a little bit better than Patrick Nix's comparison. Patrick Nix was at Georgia Tech when Calvin Johnson was there. And he's like, I see a lot of Calvin Johnson in him. And that's, that's all the favor. Yeah, no uh, kidding. And so I, I think the thing about Cam is, and it's something I didn't realize until I, I talked to Patrick a couple weeks ago, I, I did not realize. That, that Cam was a guy that should still be a junior. He had already he had, he started school early. He's really just 16 years old still. He hasn't. He he's got a lot of maturing physically to go. And so um, I think you look at him, and I think the upside for him is just tremendous. I think he's going to be a guy that has uh, has the big playability that that offenses have to have nowadays to, to go out and and uh, and make those plays, do those things. Well, part of everything that's going on right now, we're two weeks away from signing day. And, uh, you know, um, Co- Coach Freeze with K.J. Bolden today trying to flip another five-star. I mean, this staff is – I mean, they're really, really working it, but they've got recruiting going on for high school and junior college players while they're also bringing in 
players who are in the transfer portal. Yeah, no, uh, you got a visitor from Indiana, William uh, Bedford, uh, offensive lineman that started 30-plus games at Indiana, originally from Cordova, Tennessee, is already on campus now. They'll have a couple more O-line visitors this weekend. A uh, wide receiver from Georgia State will be mm-hmm. in this weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's what it is now, and a lot of these things happen so quickly that, you know, kid can get on campus before you even know it, and that that's the way these things happen. So it's just kind of one of those you just kind of have to keep constantly updating and and checking and doing the things you have to do. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a, a wild couple of weeks when you start thinking about, you know, um, what Auburn's looking for. Obviously, offensive line, probably a couple of guys up front, a couple of guys in the secondary. I think, I think pass rush, interior defensive line is right. going to be one of the biggest targets there. So those are the spots you look at right now for this team. And going, you know, I, I think, you know, can obviously signing a, you're getting commitments from a bunch of really good wide receivers. But you'd like to have a you know Will Shepard type guy or the kid from Georgia State, a veteran, proven playmaker, and guys that have come out and done some things. So I think that's the, you know something that would be a, be in the in the mix as well. Uh, Jason, it seems like it'd be more efficient to list the positions where Auburn won't be pursuing players in the transfer portal. Right? Sounds like they feel pretty good if the room stays together. They feel pretty good at running back. It'd be surprising, I think, to see them. Uh, court a veteran uh, to enter. What about quarterback? Uh, have, have you, uh, are you are you under the impression that Auburn uh, has kicked the tires or, or is in pursuit of a quarterback in the transfer portal? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it. I think when you look at quarterback, uh, I, I think their focus has been on. Hey, let's improve the rest of the roster. Let's let's go get better everywhere. And I think that's kind of been the goal for them. And I I, I haven't gotten a sense. You know, in the last few weeks, and I don't think it's changed. I haven't gotten a sense that Auburn wants to go out and getting a bidding war for a quarterback. Um, I think they feel like Peyton Thorne's the guy that showed them enough, especially considering that in in reality, it wasn't really the offense that that he was brought in to run or that they wanted to run until about five weeks left in the season. And so, um, just a little bit we saw, we saw, I thought, you know, kind of improvement along. So, I, I don't know. He's never say never, and that's what I said. I think if things stay the way they are right now, then I think Auburn will be focused on other positions. But obviously, if you have a couple of guys go in the portal, then you'll be forced to go out and get another guy. But um, we'll just see if that's the case. Yeah, Jason, I mean, that, that was uh, the next question I was going to ask you is about just that. I mean, Tyler Fromm today becoming the seventh Auburn player to go in the portal. Are you surprised that there haven't been, been uh, any more? Not really. Uh, I think you got a group of guys that really believe in what's going on right now, and I think that's shown up. Uh, I think there'll be some others that that when they start thinking about okay, the plans, hey, where am I? Where am I going to fit in with this mm-hmm. roster? I think there'll be a few more that happen, but I, I, you know, I did not expect a big wave of guys because you've got a group of guys that are that are having fun and believe that big things are ahead, and um, so I, I think because of that, you see some guys that want to stay around. So. Yeah, I haven't been really surprised that it hasn't been a mass exodus, and I don't think I don't don't think it's going to be a you know like last year where you go out and get twenty transfer guys. I think there are several positions, but it's it's getting closer to what you want, which is let's go grab a guy here, or grab grab a guy there to bridge the gap a little bit. I think in one year they're getting closer to being able to do some of those things. Well, they're also getting closer to getting uh, a large number of quality high school players than, than I think more than I think most people expected in year one. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. You look at, at this, this class, 
what it is right now and what it has the potential to be. And that's the thing when you start talking about, you know, guys that, that are still on the board, whether it be, you know, obviously see what happens with a guy like Ryan Williams. Um, I feel like he's going to reclassify in the next few days. And then if so, then it becomes a really interesting January to, to see about adding potentially another five-star. But Maris Williams, the guy that decommitted from Florida, um, a North Carolina defensive lineman, that would be another big one that is going to visit Auburn. Um, so you think about those guys, and not to mention a guy like K.J. Bolden, who was back on campus Monday. Mm-hmm. Can you get him away from Florida State and Georgia? I don't know, but Auburn's going to give it a run. And so you look at a couple of guys like that that you, that you would add to this class. You're talking about top top six or seven probably. Shot at top five. I think good. I think Auburn isn't Auburn in the top four right now in average ranking. Yeah, and I you know it depends on what you know some others might add commitment yeah. too, and so that would change things. Oh but sure. I, I think it's safe to say that yeah, as it stands today, if you added those guys, you'd be four. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those other teams could add a player too. So I think it, I think you'd probably be pretty comfortable saying you're probably top six or seven in the country in just a twelve month period, which would be remarkable. Yeah, no kidding. Um, before we get before we get off of uh, Auburn football, any any were any feelings on guys like uh, Marcus Harris and, and Eugene Asante? Yeah, um, no, not not really. I, I think there's some back and forth there. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations where. Um, can NIL play a factor in keeping a guy or two like that? I, I think it could. I think it helped for, you know, DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett last year. Can it be a factor for guys like that this season? Um, Marcus Harris, you know, one of those guys that, that played exceptional this year, and, and you look at him and you're going, that's a guy that is going to get some attention. Eugene Asante, I, I'm just not certain that, that where he fits in an NFL roster. He's a really good football player and had a really good year. I'm just not certain where that would fit for an NFL roster other than at safety because of the size. I'm not, you know, I, so I don't know how that one would work. I don't know what he's thinking. You've got Keontae Scott that feels like leaning towards coming back, but nothing's been done, nothing's been said to this point. So there's a few of those guys you're kind of still waiting on. Jason, we had a caller ask earlier in the show about, you know, the, the difference between uh, NFL end of the roster slash practice squad money versus – uh, versus uh, what what uh, major conference college football teams are paying guys that they expect to start through through their uh, you know through through their collectives and things and, and I think it's something we could find out because you know some of these guys we're talking about with Auburn are are not necessarily uh, you know they're not expected to be high draft picks but they're guys who could stick in the NFL and, and some of those players you mentioned Keontae like these are guys that that could decide if. And, and money's not the only uh, thing there, you know, in, in this in this decision. But the fact that they can earn, uh, you know, uh, you know, while while still keeping their eligibility is uh, is is something that I think a lot of these guys probably would have been. Uh, it, it would have been more clear cut. They're going to the NFL in years past. Yeah, and I, and I think a guy like Keontae's a, a, maybe a different situation than the others because I I think he's a guy that if he transitions and plays, you know, a, say a boundary corner spot. And he's a guy that shows off that ability to play out in space and do the things in addition to what he's done kind of at that nickel spot. Then he becomes a, a, a much bigger value mm-hmm. for the next you know for the next round in the NFL. So I think a guy like that could really help himself in that regard. And so um, that'll be the thing that you look at it. How much more production can you can you have and, and showcase? So um, you know lots of lots of tough decisions to be made. But yeah, I think when you start talking about um, that balance 
it's it's a tough decision because the tough decision is okay. We yeah, that's a that's in the hand. You know that's coming. You don't know it's coming from the NFL. You hope it is, and you have confidence in yourself. But you don't know. Okay, am I am I going to make the team if I'm a six round draft choice? And if I do, how long do I stay? Um, you know, those are decisions that are pretty tough when you're on that borderline. Talking with Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, two four seven network. Uh, usually here with us in the first hour, but he's up in Tuscaloosa where the Super 7 getting underway this evening. Central and Thompson, the first game we had a question. I know the game's on APT. Is there any other way to watch it, Jason? That was a question we had a little while ago. Yeah, it's on Alabama Public Television. It's on the WOTM if you have that in your cable system. Okay. Um, that local channel as well. And I, I'm pretty sure it's probably on that NFHS network if you have the, um, you know, that streaming service. But, yeah. Uh, I'm in public television. Most most people were able to get that. I checked sure. on my YouTube TV, and it's on it there as well. So, yes. Yeah. So, so it should be something that people are able to get, which I think has been a great addition to the, the Super Seven the last couple of years. Oh, there's no question about it, Jason. Couple of other things. Uh, well, let's talk a little basketball. I mean, Auburn looking to bounce back over in Atlanta on Saturday. They've uh, they just got to find the range. I mean, I thought you know defensively. That was a question coming in. I think the Auburn defense has been fine. They just haven't been able to shoot the ball the last couple of games from the outside. Yeah, I think it's a confidence thing. You just go make some shots, and if you make some shots and see them fall, it's just a, such a different thing. But you know, they focus a lot on defense. They focus a lot on, on getting after folks on that side of the ball. And I think because of that, it's probably, it's probably suffered a little bit in, in terms of, of the offense when you're, with your legs and some of those things. So I think it's something they'll get used to a little bit more because – I mean, you think about the guys they brought in. You're having to – I mean, Aiden Holloway and even even Denver Jones, it's a much different level of playing defense in the Southeastern Conference than it was where they were. So I think they're having to get used to some of those things. But I think it's confidence. Yeah, knock a couple of shots down and get a little rhythm going. And I think this is a team that's still going to shoot it fine. Oh, yeah. That's uh... – that, that's something that we weren't terribly concerned about, and they shot it well early on. I mean, it's just everybody goes into a slump. Just uh, the, the next few ball games aren't going to be aren't going to be easy as it is. Hopefully, they get they get the strokes going. Got to ask you. I uh, saw some of your comments right after the uh, the announcements were made on Sunday. Of course, I mean we 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 got we got word sort of from the from the reactions from a couple of people in the pews around us as things were going Sunday. Uh, I, I don't I mean I understand I understand the the uh, uh, the the thought process but I I think the college football playoff committee I mean the reasoning the, the best for and the reason for Florida State not being there I'd love your thoughts I, I read some of them after a couple of, I read some of them on on uh, Sunday afternoon a- after having a couple of days have uh, do you, you still feel the same way? I do. I mean, I, I, I think you have to you have to pick a side, and and if you do that, then it has to be consistent all the way through. And I, I thought if if you don't think Florida State's good enough because they don't have their quarterback, then how are they still better than Georgia and and, and Oklahoma? I mean, Oregon and Oklahoma, all those other teams. And how are they still number four going into the championship game? Correct. How, how they move up by beating Florida, but yet move down after after beating a, a you know, Louisville. So, yeah, to me, it's the consistency factor. And I, what what the danger is to me is the danger to me is is that well, we thought that team was better, like what we were talking about the week before. Well, if that's the case, and we voted on the Thursday before the Pac-12 championship game, Oregon would be in the national championship. Yep. 
they lost twice to Washington. They were a ten point favorite against Washington, and they lost. And so start going, okay, where do these where do these things happen? Just because we think a team's better doesn't make it so. And I, I listen to people talk about, hey, Alabama, they did what they had to do. They beat Georgia. But I'm listening to people talking about Alabama and how much better they are than they were in week two. Well, we just we saw two weeks ago it took fourth and thirty one for them to beat a six win Auburn team. Now it was in Durden Hare, and that's a tough place to play. But they haven't run roughshod. Neither had Georgia, to be quite honest. Um, and so, uh, I, I, to me, it, it sets when, it, and to be quite honest, it, this is the last time they don't have to answer about it anymore because mm-hmm. we'll get to 12 and nobody's going to worry between 12 and 13. But I thought it was a pretty bad look to leave out a conference champion and go. An well, unbeaten an conference yeah, champion. Because they had an injury. And, and, and so the question is, well, does an injury in week two count or is it just an injury now? Because what happens to teams that got to where they are because other teams didn't have players? Do those not count? Apparently they don't. You know, I, I, had some, I had someone ask me this morning, Jason, I think it's a good question. You know, imagine for a second that Georgia had beaten Alabama. Uh, do you think that Texas gets in over undefeated Florida no, State? No, I don't. I think Florida State is in. I've said yeah. that each of the last two days. If, if, if there are four undefeated teams, correct. They would have said, yep. no, I would have put all four undefeated teams in there and made yep. it easy. That's no question that's what they would have done. It feels, it feels like they had to make some sort of special rule to include an SEC team, which is why I think – if, if you put Alabama in, you had to put Texas in. Yeah, you, you, had a, you, know, you have conspiracy-minded people thinking ESPN's fingerprints are on this, and, uh, and, and you know, it, does, it does feel like special rules were made for certain programs and certain conferences. Yeah, no, it uh, – you know, I, I, the, the consistency part of it for me is you go, yeah. hey, well – whether it's schedule or injury or those kind of things, and then on the back end, um, if, if, if Tulane and Liberty played, then Tulane probably be a two-touchdown favorite in that game. Um, but yet, Tulane's ranked – I mean, uh, Liberty's ranked ahead of Tulane. And so and the consistency part of it, you go, well, this team would beat this team. Well, if you're doing that, then – They don't need to play. Of, you got a bunch of teams down. And, and correct, we can just end it and, and play, you know, 12 teams to start the year and everybody else just go have fun. Well, when you talk about consistency, the consistency in quality and quantity of material about Auburn sports, uh, you're not going to find any any better or more than you do there at uh, Auburn Undercover. Jason, y'all do a great job. Just let let folks know what all you've got going on. You're up there covering the Super 7. Uh, you, you, y'all are covering recruiting, the transfer portal, bowl practice, basketball, and, and, and everything. Yeah, I've got a lot going on, like you said. I'll- a lot of irons in the fire, but it's fun. It's fun this time of year. So check that AuburnUndercover.com. I think right now still get a 60% off if you haven't signed up before. So still got a deal because of the transfer portal. So you can find us there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJ. Jason, y'all, y'all have about as, as much fun as you can stand there in Tuscaloosa, all right? We'll do it. All right. Thanks, Jason. Jason Caldwell. Yeah, I believe he and Nathan are, are up there for the entire Super 7. So uh, they, they'll be uh, bringing things. And, of course, they've – they got uh, uh, Christian and, and Philip. I mean, they've got um, folks covering everything that's going on. So, yeah, we appreciate Jason being on with us. We'll get to our first break. Right back with your phone calls, 334-321-1390, here on the Wednesday Drive. It's time to stop dealing live with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 27 minutes after 5 o'clock, yet extended first 
segment there, but I you know, wanted to uh, spend as much time as we could with uh, Jason Caldwell. Right now we're going to get to the phones, get to the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar, and Pat is up first. Hey, Pat. Bill, um, I, think, I think this whole – the way it went down was if they could get Alabama in, <clears throat> then they were going to do it. And when, when the opportunity came, you know, they had to put Texas in to get Alabama in. But I think the reason they did it, and it's more, decept- it's more, it's more power than anything, they want to be able next year when it comes down to who gets the four versus who gets the five, now they can just say, well, this team has got this problem, and so therefore Alabama's number four. They get the bye. Then they can manipulate who, who plays who in, the, in whichever matchups they want. So now eight versus you know, nine is now whoever they want. It's, it's all about so they can ha- be able to pick and choose who they want to be in what slot. That's what I think it's all about. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it's – I don't know that I, I go quite to that extent. Well, but no, I, do yeah. think, I do think they would they would have a very difficult time not having an SEC team in by Alabama beating Georgia. Right. And, and, and by you, putting but, Alabama in, I think, you, I think you have to put the team, the other team that has the same record that beat them head-to-head in Tuscaloosa in. I, I agree. I agree. But but to, to sacrifice the O conference champion, they knew they wouldn't have to deal with that anymore because conference championship. Oh yeah, there, there'll never be another unbeaten conference champion that doesn't make the playoff because it's going to be twelve teams. But yeah. but now they have. But they don't have to be in the top four. Though you're right. But 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 now we can't argue who gets what spot. So so no. Oh, we can always argue gonna, that, but it may not mean anything. But we can always. Yeah, they're going to they're going to put whoever they want in the matchup versus eight versus nine, not. 10 versus 8 versus 7 that's it's they're getting to pick and choose kind of like i guess how the NC, how the the basketball tournament goes and they pick and choose the best matchups they want for however and they don't have to to explain it anymore i mean i think it's that's basically. a that's a byproduct you know what what could happen in future playoffs is a byproduct of what happened this year i don't think it's i don't think it's a driving reason for Alabama being included and Florida State being excluded you know i think the committee would have had that even if the committee had taken Florida State this year I still think they would have had the power next year to set their own top four, you know, on, on their own parameters. But you're right. Now they have now there's precedent for the committee showing preference to a twelve and one conference champion over a thirteen and zero conference champion, even if they're both from so called major conferences. And so it would be easier in the future to do something like that because of what happened to Florida State. Hey, Pat, here's the thought that crossed yeah. my mind. Maybe maybe they want to be able to be there for the for the grand finale of Nick Saban as he gets his seventh national title to, you know, top top bear for the most at one school and uh, ride out as as national champ. I mean, maybe that's but, just wishful but, thinking. But do, you, do you really believe that? See, I, I, that was I think he wants to go out on top. I don't know that he wants to go out right now. He's got a pretty young team that looks pretty good. For the foreseeable yeah, I mean, future. Why, why would he go out now? I know. He's, I know. He'll, he'll, he'll go until he loses. Uh, so, maybe I mean, maybe Miss Terry wants him to get the heck to Jupiter. I don't know. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. Yeah, That's really. why I never cheer for I do hear she's here. the boss, though. I mean, the college basketball coaches that are retiring weren't necessarily dominating the way Nick Saban did. No, right? no, like no when, you're right about when, that. When Coach K or Roy Williams or Jim Beheim decided to call Things it a career. Things started going south. Yeah. yeah it, they weren't, they, they weren't where, where Alabama is right now. Yeah, no, he's not. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to quit when he's winning. No, I'm afraid anyway, you're all right. right. All right, thanks, guys. Warriors. Appreciate it. You did see. You did see who is who is stepping down when you were talking about legendary coaches. Oh yeah, how about Cliff? Yeah, uh, our, the, about our, our favorite. Uh, you know, one one of our favorites, Cliff Ellis, uh, former Auburn coach, Coastal Carolina. 
uh, head coach announcing. And, you know, and I think this is a really cool move by Cliff. Announcing his retirement now, not finishing the season because he wants one of his assistants to have an opportunity to be mm-hmm. the interim head coach and and oper- and and, uh, and audition for that job with Coastal Carolina. So rather than rather than stepping down at the end of the year, he called it a career after the victory uh, earlier this week. One of is he ninth all time? I believe he's ninth all time in eighth wins. or ninth. I eighth think or ninth. yeah, eighth or ninth all time. I mean, um, he's he's in the he's would in the, be over nine hundred if his uh, wins prior to D one. We're added in. Even, even if you just count the D1 wins. Oh, yeah. I think he's, between, he's still in the top 10 all time. Yeah, between, yeah. Yeah, but South, I'm just saying it would be over 900. Is it, is it Cumberland? Cumberland yeah, College. He, he was there. That's and right. Also, former Niceville High School head coach, Cliff Ellis. Also want to throw that yeah. out there. You, you know, guy who was a – I think one of his – I think his first coaching job ever was at my middle school, and then his second coaching job ever was at my high school before working his way to – No, it's not like – and he turned Dan into an All-American. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, not even, not even Coach Ellis could uh, could fix this jump shot. Uh, so, uh, no, but but uh, yeah, all did the, we want to get one more call before break? Let's do it. Yeah, all, all the best to Cliff Ellis. I'm glad you all brought right. that up, Bill. Who have we got? John. Hey, John. Hey, uh, you were talking about uh, the '83 Maryland game, and that uh, reminded me of the '83 uh, Florida State game where uh, Greg Carr had to intercept that pass mm-hmm. on the final drive to seal the win. Yeah, that was a uh, that was like a three point game, right? Was it twenty seven twenty four, twenty four twenty one seven twenty four? Yeah, that's but, what uh, came yeah, to mind. A, there were a lot of struggle wins that year that because uh, he played a lot. Because well, it was a ridiculously tough schedule. And uh, the the thing about that also is there were only like three three games that year that were on TV. I believe Texas and uh, Alabama, Georgia, and the rest of them. Uh, I had to listen to on the radio and uh, listen to Jim Five. Oh, that well. There, there are worse. There are worse things you could have had to do than to uh, oh, well. listen to Jim. I was fortunate enough to be at most of those. So, yeah. That's but great. the uh, Florida. You remember the Florida Auburn Florida game that year? There was a fumble at the goal. Oh, line absolutely. Uh, uh, Neil Anderson fumbling as he was uh, going uh, to the goal line, and the official and and then Auburn recovered the fumble, and and Charlie Pell lost his mind. After the ball game, I mean, <laughs> I was in the locker room in the Florida locker room, and he, you know was just blasting the officials for getting it wrong and and how terrible it was but the the best thing about it the next day on his on his replay show um he apologized as he looked at the replays from where he was I could understand his his feeling I mean that's back before you had replay too it was one of those it's called it's called but yeah Bo went 80 yards on the next play after Auburn recovered that fumble in the end zone yeah the other thing I was going to ask you about is uh what what is the deal other than just greed with all these uh, starting quarterbacks entering the portal? Are they just shopping for a, a better deal? Uh, well, like, a lot of I, can, I mean, a lot of the guys, of course, Brock Vandegrift, I don't think we've even mentioned him today. He's already committed to Kentucky. Uh, he's looking for playing time because he well, knew with Carson that, Beck coming back. A lot of these guys, though, I think are. Um, some of them are hoping for a, a better supporting cast. But there's no question in my mind that a couple of these guys are just looking for better deals. Yeah, and I mean, one guy's greed is another guy's opportunism, right? right? I mean, you know, you know, it's. Uh, but but no, I I see what you mean. Yeah, but it just kind of undermines the whole college aspect of uh, sports. So when you're, uh, in my opinion, but uh, I appreciate y'all's time. We'll talk to y'all later. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. All right, we will. Uh, I know we're a little behind. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. I'm I'm a uh, scoot out. Got a. Got a function to get to here in just a little while. Can you handle it? I think I can. Uh, I think I can do the last couple okay. segments. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so Dan's here. Help him out. Three three four three two one 
1390 as the drive continues. ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final half hour or so of the drive. A couple of segments to go before we wrap up today's show. Bill has a uh, he has a uh, an engagement in a couple of minutes, so uh, he's uh, taken off a little bit early. Dan Peck here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. A couple calls about the playoff committee's decision to include Florida State or to exclude uh, Florida State and include uh, Alabama and Texas in the. Uh, in, in this year's college football playoff, you know, still, I, I don't think that's, I, I, I think that's a subject and we're not going to get resolution because I don't think the committee will be proven right uh, by results. Like if Alabama and Texas win, it didn't, it didn't prove that the committee made the right call uh, by, by including those teams. Nothing again, and nothing against, I'm not, I'm not rooting against any team for getting in instead of Florida state, but I've heard that before. You know, if Alabama wins a national championship, that proves that I don't know if that proves that the committee made the right call. I mean, it, it, it. You know, the debate isn't about the better team. The debate is about which four did the most to 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 make their case to be included. I'm I'm uncomfortable with this best team versus most deserving or best resume. You know, uh, qualifier because I mean, it it does seem like it it allows you to. Uh, it, it it gives it gives the wiggle room to exclude a deserving team because yeah you you don't think they're I mean their their quarterback is hurt or uh, you know some some other circumstance pops up so yeah I think it would be you know as as I've as I've believed since since Sunday the easiest thing the most fair thing to do for the committee would have been to take the three undefeated teams in Texas not not that that's I, I understand Alabama would would have a gripe at that point, but they, you know, at least you could say, well, these these three teams are undefeated, and the other team beat Alabama head to head. Texas and Alabama uh, played in Tuscaloosa earlier this year. I mean, do I think Alabama is one of the four best teams? Yeah, I think they're going to win it all. Like that's, I mean, that, that's where I am on this college football playoff. But I think I think the four best teams might have also included Georgia and Ohio State. Like that's not that's not a question of. Of, uh, of of who the I mean yeah I think the four most deserving versus four best teams is a uh, yeah that's that's not an argument that it it feels like cover more more than more more than a real argument to uh, to, to justify uh, the uh, the choice of uh, including uh, Alabama and 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 excluding Florida State usually uh, during uh, this segment in the show uh, we would be talking with. Our buddy Eugene Asante, that was Tiger Takes going on all season long, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. We do not have uh, Tiger Takes uh, anymore as the uh, as football season is over, but we started last week uh, with Tiger Takes basketball. Dylan Cardwell will join us tomorrow. I, I would recommend, if you missed uh, Dylan last week, check that out on the podcast. Dylan was outstanding. Uh, with his uh, with his interview uh, talking to us last week, he's uh, he's somebody who you know really insightful about uh, his Auburn career. Uh, he's his teammates. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who is uh, is is willing to go into detail about uh, what makes uh, some of his uh, you know some of his teammates uh, special and important additions uh, to Auburn. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Dylan 
tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, if you missed any of uh, Dylan Cardwell from last week, check out the Thursday edition of last week's, uh, you know, check out last Thursday's edition of the Drive podcast, which is available uh, however you listen to podcasts. Go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center or search for the Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform and, uh, and get the show that way. Uh, so, so, yeah, check out uh, Dylan Cardwell in anticipation of tomorrow as we as we welcome Dylan uh, back to the show for uh, Tiger Takes. Auburn getting ready to take on Indiana in Atlanta. Holiday hoops giving at the uh, at the State Farm Arena. That's a uh, uh, it's, it's a loaded slate Saturday for college basketball. Not a ton of college basketball these next few days. I, I, I let, me, let me see it. Is there an SEC game? Uh, tonight, I I think the SEC might just have yeah just just one or uh, DePaul and A and M is on SEC Network tonight. South Carolina and Clemson, two undefeated teams. Uh, South Carolina and Clemson. South Carolina probably uh, probably in the top twenty-five if they can stay undefeated through the week, especially if they can beat number twenty-four Clemson tonight uh, in uh, you know at Clemson and and Clemson's a uh, they're favored in that game, but but that's a yeah, that's an interesting one on the ACC network if you get the chance. So that that that's when that's starting seven o'clock tonight. South Carolina and Clemson men's basketball as uh, uh, yeah the the winner of that game uh, moves to eight zero and gets to hand their cross state rival their first loss of the season. So an intriguing. SEC versus ACC. I know we've had a lot of SEC versus ACC games uh, lately after the uh, challenge last week, but another interesting one between a couple of uh, in-state rivals there. So, uh, and and then there's not after tonight, no SEC basketball. I wonder if this is deliberate and has to do with finals because a lot of schools are inactive on Thursday and Friday uh, this week. Uh, it's a very light schedule in men's basketball. There is not an SEC game until. Uh, until uh, Saturday, and then Saturday you've got uh, the uh, the loaded slate, including Auburn and Indiana. Alabama is playing the game in Canada against Purdue on Saturday. That's a Purdue team in the top 25 or in the top five. Uh, that game in uh, in Toronto. So Alabama, having played in Niceville, Florida earlier uh, earlier this season in the in the tournament against Ohio State, uh, they'll be uh, they'll be going to Canada to take on uh, uh, take on. Purdue, you've got Arkansas, Oklahoma on Saturday. Missouri, Kansas is going to be a really good one. That's uh, that that's Saturday as well. And then of course Auburn and Indiana. That game in Atlanta uh, at one o'clock on uh, on Saturday afternoon. So a lot of basketball. We'll talk with Dylan Cardwell tomorrow about Auburn and Indiana. A lot of other stuff to talk about with Dylan as well. But we will talk with him about that when he joins the show for Tiger Takes tomorrow. Three three four. 321-1390, the uh, number to dial. And is it uh, is it Bill? Okay, we got Bill on the line. What's up, Bill? Hi, hey, Dan. Hey, I'm just going to, since it's the end of the show, and I thought I'd just throw something out there just for just for discussion. Now, you're still on the what air, Bill. Say, I mean, keep it, keep it. I know the show's almost over, but, you know, it's still. Oh, yeah. Okay. But what would have happened? How would the whole thing have shaken down had Auburn made that last defensive stop at the end of the game and Alabama went to Atlanta with two losses and uh that would have that would have shaken things up quite a bit wouldn't it Dan my guess if everything else is the same but Auburn wins the Iron Bowl if everything else is the same but that fourth and 31 was incomplete sails over Bond's head I'm thinking that Georgia is in despite losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game. I'm thinking a 12 and one Georgia team might have gotten in over 12 and one Texas. 
in that situation. Maybe 13-0 Florida State is out in the cold and both Texas and Georgia would get in, although taking taking a 12-1 Georgia team that didn't win its conference over a 13-0 Florida State team would be, uh, you know, that's, that's a can of worms too. If you, uh, if, you know, at least, at least with Alabama, you can say they won their conference. If Georgia had been beaten in the SEC championship game and you take them over an undefeated team, uh, that that's a, uh, you know, I, I think that's even more controversial potentially than what the committee actually decided to do. Uh, but no, I, I think the committee would have had to decide between Texas, Florida State, and Georgia for two spots, and I'm not sure Georgia gets left out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought had the we we won that game uh, because Georgia the I think the, in the Texas of the Texas won, won the conference game or not the Texas win over Alabama is a really important part of this because it it I think it it made it to where you could not take Alabama in the playoff without also taking Texas. If it were another SEC team that you're comparing to Texas or if it were another Big 12 team that you're comparing to the rest of the college football playoff field, I'm not sure the Big 12 wins that tiebreaker. But because it's Texas and they won in Tuscaloosa early, you know what, as a matter of fact, even if that game hadn't been in Tuscaloosa, like if Texas had beaten Alabama on a neutral site, I wonder if the committee's saying, you know, well, you have the you have the what about, you have the, you know, there's the extra little circumstance there. So I think the fact that the Big 12, I mean, the Big 12 is extremely fortunate that they have a 12-1 and champion who beat Alabama at Alabama because I don't think the Big 12 would have gotten into the playoff in a lot of the other, you know, a lot of the other situations that we could be debating here. I think it would have been very easy to take a 12-1 and Georgia team over a 12-1 and Big 12 champion. It's just this Big 12 champion had a road win against the SEC champion, too. Yeah, and I'll give Alabama credit. They they, they improved a lot from that uh, South Florida game to the Iron Bowl. And uh, Georgia, I don't know. You know, It's hard to wonder why you're uh, – with those kind of recruiting classes, how you, you could be devoid of anything. But uh, they didn't just look – they didn't look like the same old Georgia this year. In my opinion, they they didn't. But I mean, we're still talking about a Georgia team that lost one game by three points to Alabama, right, on a neutral field, uh, and that's their only loss of the season. I mean, I think if this were a twelve-team playoff, and you know, and and Georgia were in, they'd be a really tough out, right? Like if we if we if we had twelve if we had twelve this year, I don't think anybody would be thinking, oh well, oh we got Georgia in the first round, we're set. Like I, I still, you know, we might be looking at a, at a rematch. Right, we might be looking at Alabama, Georgia, too. That's what I was saying. Down the line. I, that's what I think. I think that's where, where, where it might have happened. All right, well, Jay, I, I appreciate the show. Thanks. Oh, absolutely, Bill. Great stuff. Interesting questions. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's uh, you know the scenarios as far as you know what, what the committee did and, and why they why they made those choices are uh, they're they're they're, they're uh, you, you can really you can really get into it. I'll tell you what, Mitch, hold on. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back with your call. Love to hear from you as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You're listening to the drive. From the 